start a new series entitled The Name. So we want to go to Proverbs chapter 18 and verse number 10. And there it simply says, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they are safe. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they are safe. The name is a powerful thing. This is more widely understood in ancient times than it is now, but it is still true nonetheless. A name carries an identity of the person's name and who they are. Uh, it is, you have to be careful how you name folks because they're is meaning in the name. That's the reason why that my first grandson will be named Legend. <laughs> Brian Legend Matthews. <laughs> I've already told him. Sometimes people don't know the potential that's in a name, and they misname people. Throughout the scripture, we find this. Uh, he was given the name Abram, but God said that's not big enough. It's too small for who I've created you to be, and so I have put more purpose in you than that, and, and so therefore God said your parents may have not seen it, but I know what I put in you. And your real name is Abraham, father of a multitude, father of many nations. They called him Jacob, the trickster, the surplanter. But God said, no, no, I know that, that there are some problems in your life. I know you've got some character flaws, but I also know what I placed in you. And your name shall be Israel for you're the prince of God. They said, there's no one in the family by the name of John. So you cannot name him, but God said, name him John, because I'm about to do a new thing in your family that's never been done before. You see, there's an extension to the names. There's something attached to the name, uh, like the name Jordan comes from the Hebrew, but the extended name means a flowing down. Lazarus extended. The extension of the name Lazarus means he whom God has helped. Hannah's extended name means the favor of the Lord. Judah means praise. And so there's more to the name than just the name, but there's an extension to the name. And in Proverbs, in our text here this morning, in chapter 18 and verse 10, it says that the Lord, or Yahweh, His name is a strong tower. This is speaking of God's character. It is speaking of, his, of who He really is. And throughout the Bible, it refers to God Himself as a strength, our rock, our fortress, God and His name are one and the same. 
And so when you hear the name of someone, you know who you have uh, an inner vision of. If you know somebody and you know their name and, or you say a name, it may, even though it may be a different person than you know, you get an image in your mind of who that person is. Huh? By their name. The name carries all that you know about them. This means that the name carries a person's reputation. Huh? And the name that we know today, the name of Jesus, the name that is above every name, the name that is El Elyon, the Most High God, the name Jesus. In Luke chapter 10, demons were powerless in his name. In Mark 16, demons were cast out in his name. In Acts chapter 3 and 4, miracles happened in his name. In Romans 10, salvation comes in his name. In Matthew 28, we're baptized in his name. In 1 Corinthians 6, we're justified in his name. And in Proverbs 18, his name is a strong tower. I said his name is a strong tower. And God has given us his name to use. You see, it is one thing to know a person, but it's another thing to be able to use their name. The name, if, if knowing someone can give you access that you normally do not have. Huh? There are some places that you can not go into just on your name alone. But if you know somebody, I had a sit little situation a few days ago, week ago, and uh, I, I was trying to take care of the situation, you know, in a proper way, and I wasn't getting anywhere, and so I just called an individual's first name. I didn't even use their last name, I just used their first name, and I said, they told me that this is the proper protocol to go through, but if I couldn't get nowhere, just to give him a call. They said, oh, Mr. Matthews, we'll call you right back. And all of a sudden, things shifted immediately just because I used someone's name. And you see, God has given us a name to use today that gives us access that we normally would not have. It does things for us that we normally would not move or shift or get involved in our situation. But when we use his name, the name of Jesus, Yahweh, in Genesis it says that Yahweh chapter 22 is a provider. And in Exodus 15, he is our health. In Exodus 17, Yahweh is our banner. In Judges 6, Yahweh is our peace. In Psalms 23, Yahweh is the good shepherd. In, in uh, Jeremiah 23, he is my righteousness. In Ezekiel chapter 48, he is the light and ever present. Amen. In Isaiah chapter 9 and 6, for unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given. 
And I want you to notice the attachment. He said, and the government will be upon his shoulders and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. How, oh, come on somebody. You see, his one name cannot describe him because he is God. One name can, everything that is in him cannot be contained in one name. And so they had to begin to describe him by multiple names. But his name is wonderful. He is the great counselor of counselors. He is the mighty God and the everlasting Father. And even in the midst of chaos, he's the Prince of Peace. And so today when you have his name, you understand that the power that is in that name is the reason why that the Proverbs, the smartest man that ever lived, Solomon, the wisest man, said that his name is like a space that I can't describe it. I can't tell you what it's all about, but it's like a strong tower. Amen. What exactly does that mean? How is the name of the Lord like a strong tower? What is the name of the Lord? We can see how God's name or his reputation precedes him in the book of Joshua. When God was leading Israel into the promised land and Joshua sent the men into Jericho to spy out the land. And they were discovered and protected by a woman by the name of Rahab. Huh? And in here in Joshua chapter 2 and verse 10 and 11, he said, she's, this is what she said. She said, we have heard how the Lord dried up the waters of the Red Sea. For you, when you came out of Egypt, and what you did to uh, Shion and Og, and the two kings of the Amorites of the east and the Jordan, whom you completely destroyed. And when we heard of it, our hearts melted with fear, and everyone's courage failed because of you. For the Lord your God is God in heaven above and on the earth below. <laughs> Amen. Rahab said, I've never met you, but I know who your God is because his reputation precedes him. I want you to know today that his reputation precedes him. Even in the deep, dark jungles of Africa, when I went there and they did not know, we said, do you know Jesus? They said, we'd never heard of him. They said, we've heard of a God that was the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, but we do not know who he is. I want you to know from the four corners of this universe, people know who he is today because of the fact that his name goes before him. His reputation precedes him. And even though they may not know who he is, they may be worshiping the sun God. They may be worshiping the God of the water or the sea. They may be worshiping the stars of the heavens because they're in search of him. But I want to tell you who he is today. He is the wonderful counselor. 
He is the mighty God. He is the everlasting Father. His name is Jesus. It's Emmanuel, that God that is with us. And he is leading us and guiding us and directing us today. If he's ever done anything in your life today, would you give him some kind of praise? This is the reputation that Rahab said. She said, I don't know you, but I know you're God. And we've already heard how he calls you to conquer your enemies and destroy them. We've already heard how that, that you have called, he has caused the, the water to dry up and you walked across stone dry ground. Amen. A couple of months ago, I told you that's the reason why that you as a believer should expect different than the world. Some people say, well, I just don't think that we're in. Oh, yeah, we're different. You ought to expect different. Why? Because God's people walked across on dry ground. And in the same day, in the same place, at the same time, the world or the Egyptians tried it and the Bible said that it swallowed them up. I want to tell you the greater God that we serve today. The God that we serve is El Yelion. He's the most high God. And you ought to expect different than the world. Don't allow your expectations to be determined by what has gone on in your genealogy or your family tree or what has happened in the past because you serve a God that is greater than every circumstance and every situation and he will prevail in your life. How is the name of the Lord a strong tower? <clears throat> Some translation says fortified tower, strong fortress, mighty tower, tower of strength. And in one translation, it simply says great strength. The tower is something that is tall or high. The name of the Lord is high. Let them praise the name of the Lord because his name is high above all others. His glory is above the heavens and the earth, Psalms 148. The tower is strong, its strength is manifested in numerous ways. When I look up this word in the dictionary, it's used to convey how strength is conveyed. It is conveyed as physical strength as mental strength, as competence, as influence, moral power, effectiveness, healthy. It means to resist attack, uncompromising, well-supplying, clear and firm and thriving. And the name of the Lord is a strong tower that is high. It's high and it lifts you above your problems. Provides all that you need. And I submit to you today that God can bring you into a place where the wicked one can touch you not. Where that his righteousness and his grace will prevail over your life. So he said that the name of the Lord is a strong tower 
and the righteous, the righteous. Who are the righteous? There are two things here. The righteous referring to the person and the action shall run into it. Who are the righteous in this verse that he's talking about? According to the Bible, what righteousness means is right standing with God. And so someone who has, has right standing with God, this is not something you can achieve on your own. For anyone to obtain righteousness, we must receive from God. In Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8, he says, For it is by grace you have been saved, and through faith, and not of this ourselves, it is a gift of God. Say it's a gift. Nothing you work for, nothing you can muster up. It is a gift from God, just like salvation, not by works which any man should boast. In Romans chapter 5 and verse 15 or 17, it said, For if by the trespasses of one man death reigns through that one man, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and of the gift of righteousness reign in the life through the one man, Jesus Christ? What is this significant action of running into it? It's, it's those who have been saved, those who have accepted Christ, those who have surrendered their life to the Lordship of Jesus Christ are the righteous. Amen. And so now he says the righteous, those who have given their life to Christ, surrendered their life to Christ, he said those are the righteous and they're going to run into this strong tower. What is the significance of an action of running? Running simply means a faster walk. But however, the word in its original text implies an urgency. It's more accurately translated rush or hurry. When you write into the translation, this is reason why that you can find one translation that says the name of the Lord is a strong tower and the righteous person rushes into it and is lifted above danger. We can feel safe in a strong tower. Why? Because we're lifted above the danger. The dictionary defines it being safe as being protected or not exposed to danger. In other translations in this verse is used the words like set on high or set up safely on high or to be safe. And he said, ye shall be exalted, be strengthened and be protected. Looking at the word in the original language, we got these phrases inaccessibly high, too high to be captured, set high far above evil. In this verse, Solomon identifies an image of a safe place where that you are safe and set in a high place so the enemy cannot touch you. He said in Proverbs 18 that the wealth of the rich is there a fortified city. They imagine it and the wall too high to scale. Imagine safety is different than true safety. 
And he is describing here and saying that a rich person puts their trust in their riches that they are high and safe. But he says that can't save you, that can't keep you, that can't protect you. But the name of the Lord is a strong tower. And he is that safety, he is that protection. The name of the Lord is a stronger than anything that you will ever uh, encapsulate yourself with or try to protect yourself with. The only place there is real safety is in the name of the Lord. The name of the Lord is a strong tower when you are scared and fearful, when you are sick, when you're lost, when you're confused, when you're sad, when you're depressed, when you're threatened, when you're weak, when you're overwhelmed, even when you're struggling with your finances and the circumstances of life, the name of the Lord is a place of safety that you can run into and you can find refuge, you can find safety, you can be lifted up above the storms of your life. The safety that is in the name of the Lord provides a multifaceted, trustworthy place where that you can be, feel secure. No wonder the righteous rush into it. By faith we can rush into the name of the Lord and we can find safety. Amen. Philippians chapter 2 and verse number 9. Wherefore God hath highly exalted him and given him a name, the name, which is above every name. Not top 10, not top 5. But the name, which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, not Muhammad, not Krishna, not Buddha, there's not multiple ways to the barn, there's only one name, I said there's only one name whereby men can be saved. That is the name of Jesus, that every knee shall bow of things in the heavens, huh? And things on the earth and things under the earth. He gives us three different realms that he says that everything is going to bow to the name of Jesus. He said the things, everything in heaven, the angels, the angelic host. Huh? I wish I had somebody to help me today, but I'm going to go ahead and preach anyhow. I said the angelic host of heaven. They're bowing down to the name. They're around his throne, the 12 and the 24 elders. And the angels are crying, holy, holy, holy. It's not just a repetitious thing that is going on. 
But every time they look upon him, they see him in a different facet. They see more greatness. They see something. After all of these years, they're still seeing something more wonderful than the last time they gazed upon him. And they cry, holy, holy, holy. The, the heavens are bowing down to him. The earth, those in the earth who have any sense at all that know his name and the power of his name will bow down and worship him and give him glory and praise and honor because he is the most wonderful thing that you will ever experience in your life. There's nothing like the lovely name of Jesus. Because at the name of Jesus, storms begin to cease. At the name of Jesus, peace comes to the troubled mind. At the name of Jesus, even though the storms may be troubled, he gives you joy in the time of sorrow. He gives you comfort in the time of trouble. He The earth worships him. But then he said everything under the earth. He's speaking of hell. At the name of Jesus, angels are rejoicing. At the name of Jesus, people are worshiping. But at the name of Jesus, hell is trembling. Every time they hear the name of Jesus, that's the reason why this, this group today don't want you to name Jesus. Nobody gets nervous when you say Muhammad. Nobody gets nervous if you're Allah or Krishna. Just don't mention the name Jesus because there's power in that name. Things begin to shift when you start using that name. And hell knows the power that is in that name because they thought, oh, they thought, they thought they had him where they wanted him. But, but the power that was in that name, there's resurrection. <laughs> I got to hold off till next Sunday, but there's power in that name power in that name glory to God and so that power that raised Jesus from the dead he said it's not just going to be in him but it'll be in you the righteousness of God the peace of God he said it shall dwell in you to quicken these mortal bodies glory to God and so that name today everything in heaven everything in the earth and under the earth are bowing to the name of Jesus When you call on the name of Jesus, it summons everything that's attached to the name. And so you don't have to remember all of the Yahweh's. You don't have to remember all of the names that was used in the Old Testament. Huh? To try to describe who he is. All you have to do is Call on the name of Jesus. And when you call on the name of Jesus, you summons everything that's attached to the name. That's the reason why when you call on the name of Jesus, addiction can't stay. When you call on the name of Jesus, bondage has to go. When you call on the name of Jesus, sickness has to lose its grip in the name of Jesus. In John, Jesus said, ask anything in my name. And ask anything in my name. Hitherto you've asked nothing in my name, but ask. 
and you shall receive that your joy may be full. Some Bible scholars have said that there are 600 extended, expanded names attached to the name of Jesus. And I know we can't unpack all of that today. But I just want you to know here today that he is everything that you'll ever need from A to Z. In Hebrews chapter 12, he's the author of our faith. In Psalm 60, he's the banner to those who fear him. In Joshua chapter 5, he's the captain of the host of the Lord's army. In Psalms 94, he's our defense. In Genesis 15, he's our exceeding great reward. In Hebrews chapter 1, he's the first begotten of the Father. In Psalms, he's the God of my salvation. In Jeremiah 50, he's the habitation of justice. In John 18, he's the I am. In Acts 7, he's just one. In Ruth, he's the kinsman redeemer. In Revelation 5, he's the lion of the tribe of Judah. In Hebrews, he's the mediator of a better covenant. In Isaiah, he's a nail fastened in a sure place. In 1 Timothy, he's the only potentate. In Luke 4, he's a great physician. In Isaiah 11, he is quicker and understanding. In Isaiah 25, he's the refuge from the storm. In Psalms 84, he's our shield. In John chapter 15, he's the true vine. In 2 Corinthians, he's the unspeakable gift. In 1 Thessalonians, he's the very God of peace. In Isaiah, he's the well of our salvation. In Hebrews, he's the expressed image of the Father. In Matthew, he is the yoke fellow. In John 2, he's the zeal of the household of the Lord. Amen. Most of us will never remember the extended names of that are attached to him. But all you need to remember today is the name. Because when you call on the name, you attach everything that's in the name of Jesus and it is available to you. What are you trying to say? I'm telling you today that the name of Jesus is everything that you'll ever need in your life. There's been times in my life when I couldn't pray, but I could say the name of Jesus. I see nobody else has ever been there. I said there's been times whenever it was so burdened down and trouble seemed like it was all around and I didn't know how to pray. And I knew none of this feel-good stuff was going to work. I knew that if I went into all of the labels of, Dear God of Father Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, would, would you and get into the King Jimmy? And would thou bow down this day and look over unto me? And all that wasn't going to work. And I knew that it would just be for nothing. And all I knew to say is, Jesus... But if the name of Jesus, it summons into my life everything that I needed. Hallelujah. 
And I just want to say to somebody today, he is the answer for your problem. He is the answer for our nation. He is the hope of the world and the help of glory. And if we'll call upon his name today, it will summons everything that we need into our life, into our family, into our relationships. He is the king of glory. I hear the writer say, lift up your head, O ye gates, and be ye lifted up, you everlasting doors, for the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? He's the Lord strong and mighty. He's the Lord mighty in battle. He's coming to fight on your behalf. He's bringing victory with him. He's bringing joy with him. He's bringing help with him. I hear him say, hold on, because help is on the way. He's on his way to bring you help and bring you joy and bring you victory just call on his name he's an ever present help in the time of trouble he makes a way where there seems there is no way he turns your sorrow into joy and your mourning into dancing just call on his name and he will come to your rescue oh I wish I had somebody believe it today Don't use his name in vain. I said, don't use his name in vain. Now, I'm not just talking about cussing. I'm, done, I'm talking about don't call on his name if you don't want everything that's attached to his name to come into your life. Amen. If you don't want everything that's attached to his name to come and he don't call on it. Because everything that's attached to the name shows up in force when you call on the name of Jesus. When you call on the name of Jesus. That's the reason why when we pray for folks, we don't pray in our name. Huh? I'm thankful for the Matthew's name. <clears throat> I'm thankful for everything that my father and mother did for the kingdom of God. Proud of it. Proud of it. But as proud as I am of what they've done in the family name, the Matthews never saved me. It's the name of Jesus that saved me. And that's the reason why when we pray, we pray in the name of Jesus. <laughs> because when we pray for the sick, when we lay hands on the sick in the name of Jesus, we expect them to recover. We cast out devils in the name of Jesus. Some people say, well, I don't believe in that. That's the reason you possessed. You're playing with them. Amen. Open yourself up to that mess and it'll come and live in you and you won't believe it's even controlling your life when it really is. But in the name of Jesus, it has to go. Amen. Last time I was in Ghana, there was four witch doctors sent word 
said, we're going to come over there and see what kind of power you got. That's the translator told me that. I said, well, just tell them if they feel froggy, leap. <laughs> so they showed up. They had a bunch of little stuff going on and carrying on. But I won't tell you about all that because it's not important. But what is important is, is whenever we give the altar call that night and they seen a, a man that hadn't walked in uh, so many years, I forget, 10, 15 years, they carried him up on the stage, but he walked off under his own power when they seen deaf ears come open. Amen. That's not of our power. That's in the name of Jesus. It's in the name of Jesus. And three of them decided they needed that kind of power. And they gave, gave, said no to the devil and yes to Jesus. And the other one, the last time I seen him, was running off. It's the name of Jesus. It's not in our own name. It's not in our own power. But it's the name of Jesus that delivers the oppressed. It's the name of Jesus that sets the captive free. And if you're here today and you've never called on the name of Jesus, accepted him as your Savior and your Lord, today is the day of salvation. What does that mean? That just means I'm tired of living in a dead-end street. I'm tired of the lies of the enemy. I'm tired of being the fool's fool. And, and, and now I, I just want to accept him as my Savior and my Lord. If you're here today and you know him as your Savior and you're still going through stuff, I come to tell you today the name of the Lord is a strong tower for the righteous. That you can run into it and it'll lift you up above your problems and your troubles and give you peace in the middle of the storm. The songwriter wrote a long time ago, until the storm is passed over, until the thunder sounds no more. There's, there's a safe place that you can run into and be lifted up today. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Stand with me this morning.